Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time of day you've chosen to tune in here and however you've chosen to tune in, I thank you. I'm your host, Adam Gerard, and this is A Word With Adam. This week I'll be talking to a very good friend of mine, Wayne Campbell, about growing up Indigenous and the communities that are contained within the Indigenous groups and the Indigenous cultures here within Australia. Uh, But before I get into that, I figured I should probably give you a little bit of an introduction as to who I am and why I decided to do this show. Uh, My name's, as I said, Adam Gerard. I am a former media student, uh, currently uh, studying criminology at university. Uh, And one of the things I've noticed in both courses and both, uh, I guess, communities that I've, I've worked within are that we here in Australia, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, uh, I haven't branched out that far, hopefully in later seasons of this show we can look at exploring cultures outside of Australia itself, but I've noticed within Australia we have a lot of issues where we're losing identity, we're losing cultures, and it seems that people just don't know either who they are or where they come from anymore, or even how to begin to join, start, or even become part of a a current community so I'm hoping that by hearing these interviews and and hearing the passion and the the love that these people that I'm going to interview have for their communities perhaps it will inspire others to look for new communities or even start their own I don't know but uh that that is the aim and that that's my hope with with this show in the long run for now however let's get into talking to Wayne Campbell uh not Wayne Campbell from Wayne's World Wayne Campbell from uh Murray Bridge South Australia, about what it was like growing up Indigenous and the communities he's found himself a part of. So enjoy part one, and I'll be back at the end with a few parting thoughts. All right, I'm sitting here with Wayne Campbell, who I'll get to your name in a second because it always makes me smile whenever I think about it. But uh, Wayne and I have known each other, geez, what, it Five, six years now, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we worked together on a, a project where uh, we were trying to help young indigenous... I hate the word indigenous just because it doesn't... Even to me, it doesn't sound right. That you're, you're, you're true Australians. That's mm-hmm. what I think the term should be. We were trying to help young true Australians reclaim and I guess understand their identity and, and their culture, mm-hmm. which I think is being lost. Um, but before we get into that, um, I guess one thing I'd like to talk about, obviously... Wayne, you yourself, you, you, you're a true Australian. Yes. And uh, growing up, like, I, I can obviously, I grew up with, with two white parents in a school that mainly had white people in it. So I, I don't really understand what it's like to grow up, you know, in, in a country that is yours, where you're treated as though you're the immigrant. Like, is that, what's that like? Uh, growing up young, I was part of six six boys. Uh, in a family of uh, 13 uncles and aunties, uh, yeah, and it was mostly my nana. So my nana yeah. was born at Wellington. Okay. Um, and then my mother was born on the mission at Rowkin, which okay, well, was yeah. Port Maclay. Yep. Um, and being born in the 70s, which um, the, the, the laws were changed you know, where we could assimilate into society without persecution, without... As it should be, as it should yeah. have been to begin with. Yes, and we even had um, for my my mum to leave, or my family to leave the mission, they needed yep. passes. 
So, you need a, like a passport to leave your home. Yes. Jesus. So, you know, and <laughs> that's, it is. It that's is, in the 70s. Like you, you think about the fact in the, in the 30s when a guy was doing that, he was looked upon a bit harshly. And now we've got our own country doing it in the 70s. Yeah. Well, thankfully, the 70s, that's when it was abolished. That's when it abolished. Yeah. Okay, good. That's So when the referendum came in the 67. Yep. And it was, you know, it wasn't until after that, everything was abolished. Yep. Um, yeah, my mum wasn't allowed to leave the, the mission. Like even mother. to go to the shops or anything? Well, or was there, there a shop shops, on the yeah, mission? There were shops there. Okay. Or a shop. A, yeah. A. Um, but if they, if she wanted to go to, to Adelaide. Yeah. Or just to go visit someone else. In wanted there. to go walk in the Botanic Gardens or yes. something. You need yeah. a, a pass to get out. Yeah. That's insane. So, yeah. So the seven, when the seven, when I was born, yeah. uh, we'll still look, we'll Still looked down on. Uh, I dare say, unfortunately, it still permeates into today as oh, well. Oh, it does. Certainly. Yes, and um, I mean today, I mean, we don't have just you know white Australians looking down on us. We have the uh, Chinese. We have even the um, the Africans. Yeah, they they actually look down on us. So I don't know what's what's being taught overseas about Aboriginal Australians. No, the, the truth is, as as bad as this is going to sound, is nothing. Hmm. That's the worst part. But anyway, sorry, continue with the story, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit later on. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, um, so being of six boys, yep. um, it was actually quite hard because, I bet. Uh, you know, welfare was, you know, it was so new then for us. Um, jobs were very scarce. So, you know, and I bet in the 70s at the time as well, the, the mentality up, up high would have been, well, if, if we give the black fellas money. Yeah. I'll just piss it away. That's right. Yeah. Which is, you know, oh, God forbid you have money for medicine or clothes. Mm. Yeah. So, um, when I think about it now, it, I'm surprised I survived. Yeah. Well, it yeah. says to me that to the testament of, of what a balanced human being you are, I think, <laughs> you know, as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, young uh, houses, you know, because... Because everything was sort of new, houses was just thrown at us. Yeah. So, you know, thankfully we were allowed to live in our own houses. Well, that's good about, yeah. Um, you finally got given some civil liberties. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, welfare never came and checked like they did in the old days. Oh, that's good. So in the missions, you would have had maybe uh, the uh, the missionary's wife. Yep. Or Department of uh, Aboriginal Affairs come in and, uh, you know, check the house to make sure it's clean. Um, that you had proper food in your, in your cupboards. Jeez. Oh, it was. That's it was intense, quite man. It was. That's. It's Gestapo tactics, it right was, there. Yeah. And unfortunately, my na- my nana, who passed away when I was seventeen, never really told us about the old days. Yeah. So. And that scene, that that that's as as we'll touch on a little bit later on. That's something that I personally think is a massive problem in community that. Us that I say us as white fellas, but 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 my my white fella clan, if you oh, I probably shouldn't use that word, but my white fella mob are kind of just turn a blind eye to, and it's a serious problem. But it is. so 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 your your mum gets out of the mission and you get into the house and you're finally given you know you don't have to have paper anymore. You're allowed to be free. Yeah. So what 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 what's life like then? I have to admit, life was had to be was pretty good. Yeah. In the eighties, everything was cheap. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, there was still a lot of um, 
repair that was needed. Oh, of course. For uh, relationships. Um, and I think we are getting there. Yep. It's still taking time. Oh, of know, course. As, as everyone knows, you know. Yeah. You've got to get rid of the old blood before the new blood can take over. That's the problem. That's right, yes. And we're letting our old blood live a little too long in some cases, I think. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, um, for us, family was... I mean, I'm not sure about how you, your family is, mm-hmm. but my family was... It wasn't just me, my brothers, and my mum. You know, it was my, my nana, my uncles, my aunties, my cousins. Yep. You know, um, my brother, my uncle's kids, or my auntie's kids, they're my first cousins. Yep. Where in, you know, in normal reality, they'll be your second cousins or your Yeah, third, exactly. You know. So family was still a big deal for us. Yeah. Back in the, uh, back in my days. Yeah. Um, did not, didn't care who it was. Uh, any auntie or uncle was allowed to discipline us. Yep. You know, if we did wrong in front of them. You get you get the smack, yeah. You know, regardless who it who it was. How I was raised on on that sort of uh, mentality as well. It worked. Yeah, it worked because you stop and think nowadays. You're like, geez, I don't want to. I can always feel it. Some days you're like, whoop, I shouldn't do that. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get smacked ass if I do. I <laughs> know, oh, and, and this this day and age, even I can't even smack my yeah you know, my nieces and nephews. Yeah, because. You know, it's not we're not talking about like a beating. I think there's a, there's a difference between like if you if you're getting a, a switch and like taking it to your kid, but if it's like a prop like the same way that you know you watch that if you pardon the the terrible euphemism between kids and dogs, but uh, like Caesar Milan on the Dog Whisperer does that thing where he touches under their their neck and yeah. does that noise, and it's just a quick tap, yeah. but it's enough to make you kind of you know yeah. kind of come around. That that's that's what I always got. It wasn't a, a beating. It was just enough to make be like pay attention. Like yeah, you're right. Yeah. I probably shouldn't put my face into the fire. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so nowadays you're not even allowed to almost discipline your, your family as a No, no. Um, you know, it's... It's almost an oversensitivity. It is. Um, but you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So it's that mentality that we've both got to think about as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand it in schools because... Theoretically, that is a stranger, as it were, but, uh, you know, within your own family, you're never going to treat treat you, like your nephew or your cousin like they're dirt. I, I, well, no. I hope you wouldn't. If you did no. that, you'd think pretty quickly you'd notice that person was a bit sociopathic <laughs> and put them away. But, yeah. Okay, so so the 80s get better. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're in your, what, uh, I'm early teens? I'm in my teens? late 30s. No, no, oh. at, the, at the time in the oh, 80s, think, you're in your... Uh, I, was, I was only... Um... Not even in my teens yet. Not even in your teens yet, okay. Yeah. So the 90s are when you start getting into your, your I guess, your, your formative brain years, as it were. Like yes. you've done your learning, now you're, you're, you're developing your identity and your sense of self and whatnot. Yeah. So what happens in, in the 90s? Is there, a, is there a change or something that, that you can see or that you felt? Well, the 90s, oh my goodness. Um, that's when it started to change. Yeah. Um, we do get older. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, when you get older, you know, you just want to trailblaze your own trail. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you think that, you know, you're the man, yeah. you know, you can take on the world. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you do, you do miss it. You do lose a lot of your uh, identity. I bet. Um, when we're young, or well, even now, you know, when I introduce myself, it's always, you know, my name is, I'm Wayne Campbell. Yep. Uh, Nun and Jenny Man. Yep. 
well, Raymond Jerry Man from the Nunjetty Nation, because mm -hmm. the Nunjetty people is there's about eighteen different clans or groups. Yep. And where from? And I, for us, identity is important. Oh, absolutely. It's just like me asking, you know, who are you? Yep. What's your heritage, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, who do you barrack for? You know, in football yeah, exactly. or soccer, you know, you ask those questions and then you get an idea of who they are as a person. Yep. I mean, I, I'm a poor power supporter. Well, we'll ask not too many people to hold that <laughs> against you. No. <laughs> but even then, you know, when you, when I say I'm, I'm a Port Magpie or a Port, port supporter, yep. you know, you get the feeling, oh, yeah, they're going to be feral. <laughs> you know, hey, like you, that, you, you said it. That's <laughs> what you say about Collingwood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, you know, no matter what, that's your identity. That's who, yeah, you, absolutely. That's who you're part of. Absolutely. And unfortunately, a lot of our kids lose that. Yeah. You know, it's in, in today's society because their parents don't know who they are. Yep. You know, it's either because of they've been taken out of their families, so stolen generation. Yep. Um, families have been moved on or moved around. Yeah. Their parents, you know... Lost that connection, as it yeah, were. Yeah, lost it. Or, or even, you know, just didn't want to know who their family was. Yep. You know, it could have been from alcohol, could have been from DV, could have been, you know, so many different... Yeah, of course. You know, mentalities that we can... But you can't just put... You just can't put a finger on it. Yeah. On any of them. But a lot of our kids, they, um, you know, they lose out on their language. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I mean, I, I... I can't say that I've heard somebody actually speak their Aboriginal tongue apart from at the you know the the welcoming then the um the sacred ground yeah yeah you know sort of speeches i i've never heard anybody actually like you're out in the street you'll hear like i don't really hear french in australia but you hear it in another place you go to france you're gonna hear it for instance That's but right. here i'll hear you know you'll hear um asian dialects you might even hear greeks and italians and and all these different tongues but i have very rarely have i heard or as i say aside from from ceremonies have i heard an actual aboriginal speaking in their native tongue yeah. and you know that's that's a shame because it should, it's not like Latin where it's so old it's a dead language. Mm. But eventually, if it doesn't, they say, if it doesn't change, people don't learn it, it's going to become... That's right. They're all and, going to become dead languages. You know, Ghana was, was, you know, one of those dead languages. Yeah, really. Um, because no matter where you are in Australia, nothing was written down. There was yep. no written language. Mm -hmm. It was all oral. Yep. And because... Was that... Uh, can I just ask, was that because the... The, the true Australian original lifestyle was a more nomadic yeah. sort of existence. Yeah. So you don't want to lug around tomes of paper with you. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And uh, with some of it, you know, because you know, why would you need paint, you know, to write down stuff when you got the artwork? Yep. And history was always passed on orally. Yeah, I guess every night around the the fire as well, you're yeah. going to tell a story to your family before yeah. you fall asleep and stuff yeah. like that. You don't have TV or anything. Mm -hmm. so. Well, your grandparents were the teachers. You yeah, know, they were the they were the elders. They were the lawmakers. They were, the, 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 basically, they were parliament. Of course. So you know they governed. The men and women ran everyday, you know, everyday life. Yep. Kids learnt how to hunt from their fathers, their uncles. Mm -hmm. They had the women gather with their mums. Yep. Stories dance was told by everyone. Yep. And everyone had a say in. How and they're also, um, they were like coming of right rituals when they were like, for instance, painting. I know paint's very important with, with, um, within tribes, like different yeah. paints mean different things and yeah. all of that. So that's another part of identity that, that you guys should be identifying with. And I think is getting just erased. Yeah. Well, it's now commercialized. 
Yeah, well, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Can we put an ANSAT commercial? Yeah, sure, plug it. Yeah. You know, just Yeah, you're right. It's a bastard almost a bastardized form of what it was. Yeah. It's 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 getting close to being parody levels, which mm. is shameful. Mm. So like for instance the the way I look at it as a as a white person, as a white fella, yeah. I can remember at school we got given Australian studies. Okay. And I always laughed at it being called Australian studies because the extent of the Australian studies was like, well, this is when white people landed here. And then uh, this is all the white people that did stuff throughout history. And you'd be like, okay, well, what, well you know, from the day we landed, did, did, did just Aboriginals exist, just cease to exist? And, and it seems to be that it's pretty much at school. It's like, well, we don't almost, it, it almost was a two prong. Initially, it seemed like it was, well, we don't talk about them because... You know, in the 1960 mentality, but we don't, we don't talk about them. Yeah. They're, not, they're not important. Let's talk about these these white guys with the mutton chops. And then it became almost politically, almost too politically correct, where it's like, well, I don't want to teach the stories and tell them wrong, so we'll just eradicate it from the syllabus. Mm. But then how do you ever actually learn where you're from? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I even had, because I work in schools yep. uh, still, uh, I had a year seven say to me, you know, Australia was discovered by Captain Cook. You know, in this day and age, I said, well, how can Captain Cook discover Australia? When it yeah, was exactly. Found? Well, look at Tony Abbott has said there was nothing. There was nothing here. Yeah. Before yeah. that day. And it's like, just, just nothing. Yeah. And, you know, living you know? in the bush is just a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so close to this place that is yours that you're ripped from? That's Why right. can't you just accept it? Like, yeah. it's just... The most redundant mentality. I, don't... I know. And that the worst part is that like, white people come here initially and they're like, oh yeah, great for a penal colony. Mm. So they bring in all these prisoners and, and, and whatnot and then start treating you lot like you're lower than the prisoners. And it's like, where, where's the logic train that the free people who have done nothing apart from just kind of be a little bit acclimatizing to you so they don't get shot. Where are they the bad guys in this story? And I think that's, it's, it's almost like Australian history is ashamed of the blood that's on its hands. So it gets swept under the carpet instead of ever being addressed. That's right. It is. And, um, you know, uh, if you see a map of Australia, there's the Aboriginal Australia map and there's also a massacre Australia map. No that, kidding. Yeah, that, that no one wants to know that because, you know, it's even more shameful for Australia. Bloody hell. Mm. So it just shows all the places, yep. like, like it, it, I, I pardon if this is a crude term, but for instance, you go to the museum and you see the maps where they show the extinction rates and all that. Is it, is it basically that where we see how hard you how hard your people were wiped out? Yep. Bloody hell. And that, was doc- and that was documented, you know, uh, in, oh, in, in a couple of books, there was a... Um, you know they'll sell. They'll pay money for dead Aboriginal people. Yeah, I mean I've heard just just disgusting stories about like you know football games and cricket games being played with body parts and things. You hear that and you're like, that's we're only not even three hundred years or four hundred years removed from this event, mm. and and yet we don't want to admit that we did anything wrong. But also we don't even want to admit that four hundred years ago that was beyond barbaric. Then like we're post crusades at this point, yeah. and we're acting like bloody barbarians taken on the mongols mm. you know it's just <laughs> time just repeats itself yeah it does 
It does. Okay, so, so so sorry to get to just to get back on points as we wander a little bit, yeah, <laughs> as no, we're no. bound to do. So okay, so now you're a teenager, yeah. and I'm assuming you're going to high school. Now, are you at a high school that's that's mainly indigenous or uh, no, mixed no. or mainly white? Ma- mostly white. Okay, so what's what's that like then? Because I imagine it's almost like being in a white man's world. <sighs> well, I was at, I was lucky because because my high school was was my hometown. Oh, that's a good Which is Maybridge High. Yep. And unfortunately, I went to all the schools. So yeah. Because, one, I was naughty. <laughs> My family was, was naughty. Yep. You know, I had three older brothers, you know, and they were just, the older two were twins and they were just, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard when you get twin boys, that's, <laughs> uh, you need to leash them to the front porch or yeah. else trouble's going to be drawn. And everyone knew us. So everyone knew the Campbell name. Yep. Because of those two. And, um... But luckily, I was, well, everyone deemed me as a good boy. Yep, you know, oh, that's good. I, I was a smart one. I was the one, you know, I didn't, I didn't care about the colours. I was hammering yep. everyone. Nice. And so when I got that's, to high that's school... That's the mentality I wish everybody had. Well, that's true, yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't... That doesn't <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah. Especially, when, you know, when you got your own family calling you coconut. Yeah, no, brown on the outside, white on the inside. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, it didn't faze me because I wasn't into the fights. I wasn't yep. into, um, you know, telling anyone, yes, everyone knew I was black. Yep. I was happy. Um, but I was, one, I was, you know, I was just a, I was just a mate to people. Yep. Which was, you know, which is what we wanted. Yeah, of course. Um, so, Optimally, that, that's what you should be judged on is, uh, you know, in the famous words of the content of your character and the color of your skin. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's why I'm friends with you. <laughs> you know? I know, we get on well. Exactly. That's so, well, look, it's the 90s. So I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit and get, get into a little bit of a story of why I always chuckle. Because whenever I think of the 90s, I think of Wayne's World and obviously Wayne Campbell. And yeah, I've got to ask, so it's yeah. the 90s. Your Wayne Campbell, Wayne's World comes out. What's <laughs> Was that like... Good or is that living in a nightmare at the time? Okay, think of a, a small town um, <laughs> movie theater. Right. That that premieres, you know, a couple of months out of Adelaide. Yep. So it's a packed house. Yep. When he introduces himself. <laughs> okay. now, I wasn't there. I I tried to get in, but it was uh, booked out. <laughs> the whole the whole place laughed its head off. Nice. Because um, there's because there's me and there's Michael Wayne. So there's two Wayne Campbells. So there's two Wayne Campbells <laughs> from Murray Bridge that anyone knew us. Nice. So, so I, had to li- I still live that down to this day. I bet. Well, yeah, like I said, every time I think of it, it just makes me laugh. I just keep waiting for you to turn up with a little blonde guy with long hair. He's just, oh, no, I'm the blonde guy with long hair and glasses. <laughs> I'm your Garth. There's the answer. But I was picked up on that, which is good. Yeah. So well, no, so, so if, until so this now, gets released, so, yeah. I'll just have to make sure to edit this part out. So now we'll just, we'll just you know, not hang around each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just not in ripped denim jeans and flannel shirts at the very <laughs> least. All right. So, so you get out of high school. Yeah. Okay. So, so now you, you're, you're, you're officially your own man. Mm-hmm. And in theory, you're free to explore the world. Or in, as I say, in theory, you should be free mm. to explore the world and do, do whatever you want. So, so what's it like once you're out of school? Obviously, that's when the actual real world confronts you. Is uh, like this is what about ninety? What, what did you? What year did you graduate high school? Uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. So in the two okay. thousands, that, that's when it changed again. Yep. 
because when I, because I, once I was 18, I left, I started working at Dr. Surgery. Yep. Which, as a traineeship, you know, it, it really happens that, you know. Yeah, doctor takes you in just off the bat. Yeah. Well, um, actually, a Dr. Surgery full of women. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm in the reception area. Yep. Um, and they wanted someone Aboriginal. They wanted an Aboriginal male. Okay. You know, which is quite rare. For, for diversity reasons or, or I, just for... Well, I think it is diversity as yep. well as, you know, one step forward for reconciliation. Yeah, of course. Conciliation. Well, I guess it also, because you, you are quite personable and, and, mm. and charming, it kind of helps if you've got somebody like that sitting on the front line who you can also, I guess, lower the, the boundaries. So maybe, yeah. maybe by interacting with you, somebody goes out on the street and doesn't grab their purse a little bit tighter or something when they, when they see the next Aboriginal guy, you know what I mean? Well, wishful thinking that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, so... <laughs> unfortunately, that happens now. Okay. They still, they still yeah. cringe and... But, you know, I don't give a toss. Yeah. I'm well, you know, you, know, you know that you're a good person, mm. but it's just still... Yeah, yeah. The mentality is just dumb. Yeah. See, because I guess what I find funny is I'm very non... I'm obviously non-confrontational because I never see anybody do that. Mm. So it's just, it's amazing to me to think that you have to, that somebody walking towards you is going to choose to cross the street when for me, it's just, they'll probably walk by and nod their head and say hello. Like, it's just, it, 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 it really does confuse my brain how that can, that can occur in 2015. You know, it's just, okay. So, so anyway, so it's about your story. So, yeah. so you work in reception. So I, I, I consider myself as security. Yep. Because I'm, you know, back then I was six foot male. Yeah. You know, um, well, you're a pretty burly guy. Yeah. Anyway, so actually, I wish I was. I was quite skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was uh, still a uh, string bean. Okay. Back then. Um. But yeah, no. Um. You know, everyone loved it. You know, because yep. when you go to a doctor's surgery, you know, first thing you see is a, is a female. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, yeah. Normally, and you know, when they saw me, you know, some of them were taken aback a little bit because yeah. of oh crap, it's a male. Yeah. Sometimes it was, oh crap, he's Aboriginal. Yep. Or a black man. Yep. Then after a while, you know, I just got used to it. Mm-hmm. So I spent about three years there, and the only downside was I had this bloke. I was working back in the records, where back in those days it was still the old Yeah, the old paper ones. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. And um, so this guy comes up to, to the accounts and says, you know, I want to speak to that man. Yep. So they got me, and he goes up to me and accuses me of breaking into his place, <laughs> in his farm. Because I'm guessing that the logic here was he got broken into. Yep. You work in the records where you have his address. You're black. No, so, no. It was just because I was black. J- oh, just because, just because you were the, the, the first black person he thought of. Yep. And he thought uh, I did it. <laughs> and then Jesus. He, and then he goes, oh, and I said, look, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, and he's just ranting and raving about it. And I and he goes, okay, if it wasn't you, who was it? And I'm thinking, hang on. Just because I'm black, I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know every know. other black guy, they called you me like on a conference call. Hey, yeah. guess what, guys? Yeah. <laughs> that's, wow, that's that's some quality ignorance it right is. there. Yeah. Okay. So my boss, um, he, because he, he was right next door, he heard about it. Yeah. And he goes to me afterwards, you know, debriefed me and said, how you going? I said, oh, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. He goes, why, why didn't you come get me? You know, he would have, because he would have got up in, because he yeah. was a, you know, really a burly, big, burly yeah, guy, yeah. big, big guy, and, um, and he said, you know, next time that happens, you come get me, or get one of the doctors, and they'll come in back, you know, back for you. Yep. And I said, 
crap. <laughs> so I had all the I had all these doctors, which is about thirty odd doctors, all on your side, all on my side, all come up to me and say, you know, it's okay, it's good. Yep. And I said, you know, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this would never usually happen. Yeah, of course. Mm. So that I mean, look, in terms of I guess um, acceptance, is that for you in your life? Is that is that a pivotal moment where you actually felt I guess what it's like? I guess to to be like me, where you can walk in anywhere and somebody just just accepts you for who you are, and you don't feel at any point you're being judged for color of your skin or anything. Sometimes I still do. It's, yeah, it, it's always going to be in the back of the mind. Oh yeah, of course. Um, um, but because I mean I do it now because you know that's I it's always what I refer back to. Yeah. I mean I still remember when I was what ten going to a sh- local shop. First one there, and I was the last one he served. Yeah, of course. And now, you know, I've got the knowledge to say if I'm if I'm not getting served, I just you're not up. getting my money. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And the hell with media, you, you're racist. Know, social dick. media is the best thing now. Oh yeah, exactly. Say you know, you know, go on and complain to the bosses or complain yep. to everyone, and someone will listen. Well, it's also because it's public. Like there's there's always that saying in retail that if you're happy, you might tell one person. But if you're mad, you'll tell five. That's it. And you'll make sure those five people know too. So, you know, social media, you might tell a hundred people. That's even worse. So, okay. So, so what did you choose to do from, like, what, from the doctor's office? What is it that led you to working with kids and, and getting into schools and all those sort of things? I think it's because I, I've always wanted to work. I always like teaching. Yep. And, you know, when... When you're a young male, you know, technology comes, you know, you're a kid, you, it's like you're a kid in a candy shop. You've got to yeah, know exactly, what, yeah. You've got to know how it works, what it does, how can you make it better. Yep. And that mentality has always been like that with me. I've always been interested in how things go. Yep. Um, what makes it tick almost. Yeah. yeah. And, how we, and, and how we can use it to make society better. Yep. Nice. So I've always done that, and I think um, once I left, once I came, because I, I did a bit of security stint, mm-hmm. and I came back and um, I did what most people did, you know, went on a dole, yeah. bugger all, then, you know, some training came up, so, you know, worked for the dole, and I said, oh, this is good, I'll do that. Yep. And then we started... Um, you know, thanks to like everything else, grants came along and um, we had our own computer uh, suite. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, where I was working, so I said, oh, yeah, I'll put my name down to be the, what, a mentor. Yep. So I learned how to use software and, you know, how to make animations, how to, you know, be a bit more uh, digital yeah. uh, focused. And then, you know, once we learned that, we started teaching kids. Yep. So being young and teaching kids how to use computers, you know, it was sort of second nature to me. Then. Yeah, of course. Well, you're not that far removed from them at that point that you no, can. Yeah, and I still do it at school now. Yeah. you know, I'm I'm still the photographer. I'm the uh, uh, producer. Yep. Director. You, you, know, <laughs> you name it. You name it, and still do security. So, oh, nice. So, so everything I do now is is from what I did when I was young. You've pulled on all the resources to kind of make the optimum. The yeah. optimum job. Yeah, and being male, you know, in school. Yeah. You know, it, we're a rare commodity. Yeah, well, exactly. So. Exactly. 
Okay, so so now, now you've, you've brought us up to your working in schools. So, yeah. so let's. This, this is obviously where I know you from is working with your schools and yes. with your kids. And I know that one of the things that you're very passionate about, as you should be, is helping or at least attempting to find a way for true Australian youth to be able to actually engage and understand their their lost culture and their lost identities. Mm. Um, so I, I guess what is it that, that you feel would be the best maybe strategies or the best ways to go about this or, or what have you found worked for you in the past? One of the things I find is, is kids being open to who they are. Yeah. To accept that, yes, you know, they're either they're going to be Aboriginal, they're going to be Chinese, they're going to be Asian, they're going to be Scottish or English, no matter who they are. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't like to... I don't, what can I say? Yes, it's good for my for my people to learn who they are. Yep. But it's also good for our or the others all, as well. Yeah, all yeah. our kids to know who they are. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. to accept, you know, to be happy with who they are, um, because we're not going to go forward. No. If we don't, you know, say yes, I am this, or I am, you know, from this this breed, or I'm part of that. Yeah, exactly. And when, and when people say, you know, I'm half blood or quarter, or quarter this or quarter that. You know, it makes no sense to me because, you know, when, you know, one of my kids say, oh, I'm, I'm half Aboriginal, you know, first question is, I'll, I'll ask is, which part? Which part yeah. of you is Aboriginal? Your toe, your foot? <laughs> yeah. You know, your left eye, your right side, you know, and they look at me going, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a very valid point. You're right. Yeah. So what I do, I go into classes and I say, who's your mob? Yep. So like, you know, if I want, if I want to know who you are, so I'll say, Adam, who's your mob? I probably say I'm a Kiwi. I'm I more identify as from my, my dad's side of Kiwis or an Australian. Yeah, those those are my only two options. Okay, that's what so I am. what about your grandparents? Uh, my granddad was English and my grandma was Irish. On your dad's so- mum's side? Uh, that was my mum's side. Yeah, and my dad's side were all all Kiwi. I think they were. I think they were moulded from the dirt of New Zealand at some point <laughs> in the past, and they came to being. And they got lost. They came out of the channel. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Turned the wrong way, and then they're like, uh, there's no snakes here, we'll stay." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, and I say to the kids, you know, when because some of them go to me, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I go, "Look, go ask your mum, go ask your dad, go ask your family." Yep. You know, and if they say, you know, we don't want to talk about it, then you ask why. Yeah. You know, kids. I mean, kids these days they need to know where that where, where they're from. Yep. So then they can know where they can go in the future. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we, don't want, to be, we right. don't want our kids just to be stuck in a little rut to say, yes, I'm just Aboriginal, you know, I'm a first Australian or uh, I'm a third, you know, yep. third descent Australian. And then, you know, they just, they stay, you know, in that one place, yep. just locked up in their own little, yeah, you know, barriers that they, they can't get out of. Well, I guess the other thing as well is if you if you go on and, and travel the world, mm. how can you truly appreciate, wow, this culture did this, if you don't know what you're like... For instance, I look at, you know, um, the, the, the British culture and the English culture and I look at around the time that, you know, they're building castles out of mud, the the Chinese are building these bloody roadways and channels and the Great Wall and whatever else. Yeah. And, you know, without that comparison, if, if you just assume, well, everybody's got that technology, that's not that impressive. Hmm. But when it's like, wait, like the Egyptians built the pyramids while everybody else was just slinging mud, yeah. how is that possible? You know, and that, and without, and you need that, you know, to, to truly understand, well, like for, for instance, I, I look at it at, at your culture and I'm like, 
white people came here and they had to bring food and, and all this all this crap with them so they could survive. Yeah. You guys just survived here. That's right. In the country that tries to kill everybody that comes to it, you guys dominated at first with like, you know, the boomerang speed, like, like you know, with no tech as it were. That is incredible to me. Coming, coming from what I know where it's like, like I say, we had to come over on ships and even with ships and guns, we were still freaked out by half the stuff here. It's just, that's amazing. It is. That's truly amazing. Particularly that you think about the, the nomadic lifestyle that, that was such a big part of your culture. You wandered from place to place. There's no water in large patches of this, yet you you traversed it yeah. and made it through it. That's, you know, that that's, I couldn't do that now. No. With a GPS and everything, I'd be dead within a day, most likely. I mean, if you drop me in the Northern Territory, I'd curl up in a fetal position and just accept <laughs> it's going to happen. So, you know, I, I just, that, and that, that's what I feel is in, like, um, you go to the museums and it's, you see the weapons on display and you see, like, this is a shovel that, that was used here and, and they are great artifacts, but all they are is artifacts. There's no real story behind it. There's no, like, you know, this, this shovel was invented out of this particular wood because yeah. this was all there, this was all there was and it was the strongest wood. Mm. This would have been carried between you know, passed down for three generations and whatever else, or, you know, here's how they, they traveled water between place to place. You don't see that and you don't really get the understanding of, you know, they would have had to carry four of these bottles and fill them up because all it is is just, here's a painting or here's a, here's a boomerang or, you know, here's something else. And it's, it's, it's nothing that people engage with. And I think that's where, for, for my culture, we don't understand the Aboriginal side, because all we're given is just, here's a boomerang. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, they, they threw it at kangaroos and it would come back if they missed. Mm. Okay, cool. But it's like, okay, well, if that's all you're getting given, you, you probably are going to look almost like your culture was anecdotal or is thousands of years old, like the Egyptians, where it's like, well, they built these pyramids, why? Don't know, just build them. You know, and it's not like that. You, you guys are here to be able to go, okay, well, what happened? Why, you know, you have oral traditions because you walked around, didn't want to bring libraries and because they, like, for instance, we worked on a, a project where we traced the Jilbrookie Springs yes. where the story is so that you know where you can find fresh water along your journey. Yes. That's, it's a map. Mm. And that blew my mind because nowadays, like, you give me a, you give a GPS, somebody an Apple GPS that does not directly tell them not to drive off this pier, they'll drive off the bloody thing. That's it. Whereas you guys back then were like, you know, if, you know, he stopped here and he cried, then you go walk. Don't even have a, 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 you know, a distance measurement. It's like you walk, there'll, there'll be X rock. That's where the next spring is. That's, that's where he cried again. So that's where you can refuel the life force back into yourself. Like even that understanding that water is the life force. When Europeans are being like, well, blood, clearly some people's blood is blue and some is red. This is understood in medical science. You know, it's just, it's amazing to me that, that that was all there, but nobody understands it. Nobody's like, I hadn't heard that story before we started working on this project. I'd hate to think how many hundreds of other stories there are from your culture that we can still look at and, uh, and unlock in a way we can't unlock past history yeah. because your history is so fluid, I guess. Like this, the stuff that was told a thousand years ago, that same story is, is just being told in a different language, yeah. but all of it is still the same there. Yeah. And that's, you know, that the only other document that I can think of or the only other ones like that are the Bible, the Quran, those sort of documents that are treated so revealing. Why is it that, that your religion, as it were, doesn't get the, that sort of reverence? That's a problem to me. 
It is. And uh, I think the biggest thing is because there's so, there's about 250-odd language groups yep. all roughly have the same sort of, you know, idea of the dreaming. Yeah, of course. Um, but they'll have different areas to go through. Yep. So if I, uh, like Jill Brookie, you know, if that's, that's, a, that's a Ghana story. Mm-hmm. I can't take that story into, you know, into the River Murray and say, you know, there's this bloke called Jill Brookie. Yep. You know, he walked from area to area because that's not our lang- that's not our our language mm-hmm. or our story because it's all yeah to it's do with tied in with the Ghana tribe. Um, but if I did it, the Bunyip, so yep. the more you walk, yep, I follow the river. There will be about four, four or five different stories on on the Bunyip. Yeah, same sort of story, just different names. Uh, like uh, Yowley and. Is that a different name yeah, like that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, the Yowie, uh, the Bunyip. I mean, we call them Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, the, you know, uh, Pondy, the Murray Cod. Okay. So that one follows the whole river as well. But because we've got Long Island, which was... So if, uh, if I... <coughs> excuse me. No, you're right. So if I, if I talk about uh, Thookery, mm-hmm. so he started... Uh, there's this... This man called Nurundari, he was chasing Thukri, or Murray Cod, mm-hmm. down a river, which was only a small stream. Yep. And then he turned into the big one. Yep. Yeah, at the and mouth of the Murray. Ma- yep. And then w- when he hit Tower Ben, because there's big cliffs, yep. it was uh, Murray Cod flicking his tail. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, and you wouldn't be able to go down, um, you know, follow the river all the way down into New South Wales, Victoria, and have the same sort of cliff. No, of course because, not. You know, of course not. But then when you get there, because you've got this story, uh, that's a Murray Cobb flicking its tail. You don't have a photograph. Yeah. You can't rip the, the cave painting off the wall and take it with you. That's right, no. So you get to that location, you see this, this stream making this flick, and you're like, hey, that looks like we're here. Yeah. We're here because that's the, the Murray Cod flick. Yeah. I understand that. Mm. Right, okay. So, 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 for instance, the story of the Bunyip, I, I don't know the, the story of the Bunyip. Would you, would you mind just telling me that? Okay, so... There's this, um, so what happened is that there was a bloke who was uh, fishing, yep. and he got greedy. Yep. So he was fishing for himself and not for the rest of the uh, group. Okay. So he put his nets on both sides of the river, which was a no-no. Mm-hmm. So the elders, they got together. They said, you know, he's getting all the fish, we're not. So they grabbed him, put him in a net, and they dropped him into the water. Okay. So uh, because of him being greedy, they threw him in, and then he sort of, you know, he worked out why he did it. Mm-hmm. So then he was looking after the fish. So, you know, he turned half fish, half man. And then uh, when other people overfish, he'll drag them down into the water. Okay. The kids actually swim yep. in the water by themselves without being, um, you know, supervised. Seen, supervised. Or... You know, he'll take them and then they'll turn, then they turn into uh, bunyips as well. Okay. So, so it's almost like vampiric, like where a bunyip size another bunyip. Yep. So forth. See, I hear stories like that, and the, the reason that, that I love them is that you, you look at like the Bible, for instance, and the mm. Bible is realistically a law tome. Yeah. It's a, it's a tome, like a, it's a tome that, that's weaving together of this, this, this amazing narrative, but ultimately it's if you steal, you're going to hell. Yes. You know, if, if, you, if you get too proud, God will smite thee and these sort of things. Mm. I hear this story, the bunyip, and it's like, well, yeah, that obviously at some point in, in ancient history, some bloke was fishing two sides of the river and they got together and they were like, at some point somebody got together and was like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. Stop this. 
And, you know, um, I, one of two things happened. Either the bunyip is, it quite quite possibly could have been a real creature that mm. got hunted to extinction. I mean, if that thing was living in my billabong, I'd get my posse together and be like, next time it pops up, just smack it <laughs> as hard as you can. We'll wipe these bastards out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, the other option is that, yeah, it was, maybe the guy like drowns, just drowns. So everybody asks, okay, what happened to the guy? Mm. Oh, we'll see how it is nets on both sides. That's what happens. Yeah. And it, it builds in this story, but, you know, you can damn sure bet that 30 years later, there was a bloke down there with a set of nets thinking about it, saw some bubbles in the water and was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it works. Mm. And that's, once again, that's why I get annoyed because it's like, yeah, they're just, your stories are just as viable, just as real and work just as effectively as Bible stories, Quran stories, yeah. you, you know, Torah stories, any of those things. Why are they just treated as though, oh yeah, but that's. This this, this yeah. book, this book here, truth. Yeah. That story, oh, it's just apocryphal. It's like why? It's the same. Just because you guys use actual elements from the land, which the land and and the elements are to 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 the Aboriginal people. Forgive me if I'm wrong here, but but to you guys, that's as good as your blood. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, they they they're they're a part of your culture, and uh, I mean, I remember we went to um the the birthplace of Jilbrookie. I yes. can't remember the the name of the location for it but when we got there it's a it's like a big serene spring which is kind of this trickling waterfall but i remember saying to you that even if 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 the story of jill brookie is is a fable i felt like i was at a place where something at some point cl- climbed out of of a primordial ooze mm-hmm. like i feel as i was at a point of creation and i look at that and i'm like there's something in this area that clearly your ancestors knew Yes. We're able to pick up on the vibe of something or whatever the case may be and somehow locked a story that helps us understand this is where we came from. And you think about the fact that in order for the brain to have developed enough to go, you, you know, to, to have developed enough to, to think that retroactively and proactively of this is the spot we came from initially, therefore our God came from here that's that's some some really deep level like egyptian mm. greek level thinking that once again you guys don't get the credit for because you're just you're just a bunch of petrol sniffing idiots yes you know and that this this to me is is a big problem Well, that was part one of my interview with Wayne Campbell. Don't forget to tune in next week where we'll be continuing to discuss this, but also discussing how we can go about preserving the Aboriginal community or the true Australian community here for the future and possibly ensure that uh, the, the youth of the future don't lose their identity. Uh, it's, it's a very good interview. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed recording it and I can't wait for you all to hear it next week. Uh, until then, as always, thank you for tuning in hear from A Word with Adam. I'm your host, Adam Gerard, and hopefully you enjoyed us enough that we'll see you next time. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and don't forget, community is all around us. We can choose whether or not we want to form one, whether we want to be a part of one. It's as simple as looking across your fence and saying, hello to your neighbour, or helping an old woman load her, her shopping bags into her car. Whatever it can be, it's, it's anything, it's just just being a better person and just trying to make the world a nicer better place for everybody so yeah so so thank you for joining us and next week wayne campbell interview part two here on a word with adam
I'm Adam Gerard, and I'll see you next week. Production.